It had felt like months since the boys had last been together. John Smith and his friends had known each other since kindergarten. They'd grown up together in the same small town, on the outskirts of the city. You know which city I'm on about. This dreadful incident was covered by every news station across the state. And you've certainly read about it on most two-bit scary BS sites. The way those poor boys were found. Ever since the boys became teenagers, John was determined to get the group together for one camping trip a summer. Growing up in an abusive home with no brothers, his three friends were his chosen family. Truth be told, without John, the trip probably would never happen, and the boys would naturally grow apart over summer. That's what he feared, being alone, and he couldn't stand the thought of it. So camping is what they promised to do to stay close. As the sun began to set, John, Eric, Neil, and Ray packed up their gear in Neil's dad's beat-up pickup truck that he'd borrowed for the trip and set off on the road. John sat up front, with Neil driving, while Ray chose to ride alone in the bed of the truck with the supplies. Being the only smoker of the group, Ray was always relegated to the furthest point from the group. He didn't mind, though. Out of the group, Ray was always the quieter one, often the butt of the jokes, but gave as good as he got. Growing up, the boys loved to watch horror films and play scary games. Now they were older, they chose to visit abandoned buildings, caves, and forests, instead of sitting around to get their jumps. This camping trip was not going to be any different. John had found a forest that had multiple sightings, sightings of many local folklore spirits and demons. But the one that stood out for him was the one most horror fans had heard of, Slender Man. The guys had a thing for the story of Slender Man. John had a few plans in mind for the trip too once they got there, scares that would bind the group together forever. They got to camp as the sun was setting. The bushes were thick, and the trees were tall, almost blocking out any light. The setting was perfect. They set up camp quickly, and in no time had the campfire going, and a few drinks cracked open. Their laughter rang out throughout the forest. From the shadows, the wildlife watched them cautiously. That first night went as they all hoped. They settled by midnight and retreated to their tents. When morning came, they each awoke blurry-eyed and a little worse for wear, but they pushed on with the day. Fishing, climbing, and general horseplay was the course of the day, and as the sun began to set, they returned to camp for what was to be an eventful night. The flames from the campfire looked at the night sky, empty cans strewn across the camp floor. John suggested tonight they should do something a little different, something they hadn't done since they were little. Tonight, they were going to tell scary stories. Neil started them off with a tale about a wolf that roamed the very woods they stopped in. His tale took them through horrifying camp mauling after camp mauling until he was speaking in almost a whisper at a fevered rate. Without warning, he pounced on Ray, sending him crashing to the floor. The other three fell about laughing, soon followed by Ray. 
This is what camping was all about. The laughs. Next up was Eric. Eric was a natural storyteller. Pacing around the campfire as he spoke, he spun a tale about the ghost of White Mary. White Mary was a well-known ghost story around their town. She met her fate at the hands of an angry lover when she refused his advances while out walking the forest one night. Legend has it that she selects a new mate once a year and takes him as her own, condemning him to roam the forest in search of a love never found. Slit from ear to ear the same way Mary was found. Eric's story sent the camp silent. The sign of a story well told. Up next was Ray. Ray told the story of Charlie. Charlie was a boy that went missing a few years ago. His body was never found. But there have been several sightings of him, beckoning people to follow him into the dark as someone needs help. Yet when people go to help, no one is there, including Charlie. When Ray finished, John stood drink in hand. I have a special story to tell you tonight, he began. An old favorite of ours, one I'm sure you're all ever so familiar with, he continued. John looked around the fire at the three boys. All eyes fixed on him as he spoke. Tonight, I have an update on our old friend, Slenderman. The three friends looked at each other with wary smiles as John spoke. You see, ever since we were young, we've joked and played on each other's fears that Slenderman lived right here, in this very forest. We used to grab our sticks and search through the undergrowth during those long summer days, looking for evidence with little to no luck. Well, we're older now, and with age comes persistence. As you all know, I've been working most weekends, missing our usual trips to the arcade. But what you didn't know is I've only been working Saturdays and not Sundays, as I led you to believe. His voice trailed off as the three boys edged closer in their seats, puzzled looks on their faces. Before anyone could speak, John continued. I carried on our search, relentlessly every weekend in search. Until that one fateful weekend I traveled too far into the forest. I had no chance to get out before dark. So I began to run. With the lack of light to guide my way, I fell, not too far from here, and hit my head on something hidden in the dirt, knocking me out cold. When I awoke, I came face to face with a decomposing body. I couldn't be sure who it was, but it had been there a while. And then he emerged. As John's sentence trailed off, the group's concentration was broken by the sound of twigs snapping just outside the campsite. All three friends shot glances at where the noise came from. John remained motionless, staring at the boys. Eric, without taking his eyes off the tree line, tapped Ray, ushering him to go check it out. Hesitantly, Ray got to his feet and edged towards the edge of camp, constantly looking behind himself back at his friends. As he slipped into the darkness, the boys strained to maintain a visual on their friend. Simultaneously, Eric and Neil stood as they were about to step closer. Just on the fringe of the shadows, a dark figure rose, much taller than any of the boys, much taller than any normal man should be. His outline was sleek, 
a thin man with no hair and impossibly long arms that disappeared into the dark that surrounded his lower half. He raised his left arm. In his grasp was a limp figure. He flung the shrouded figure forward into the light. Ray's lifeless body hit the floor and rolled to a stop before Eric and Neil's feet. He's here, John muttered. Eric turned and ran. Pushing Neil aside, he ran to the far side of the camp, just beyond the tents and down the dirt path into the dark. In no time at all, the dark figure was now in front of him, blocking the path, stopping Eric. As he stepped forward into the moonlight, cast down through the trees, Eric could see it was indeed him, Slender Man. Towering over Eric, he raised both his arms out to Eric, his pale white fingers wrapping around Eric's arms. Although he had a detailless face, somehow Eric knew he was practically staring into his soul. His blood ran cold as his life slipped away. The last thing he saw was Neil standing in the clearing, face frozen in fear, as he watched his friend's life fade from his eyes. Neil, after seeing Eric's demise, turned heel and ran towards his dad's pickup truck. As he crossed the camp, he glanced at John. Still stood in place, a sly smile across his face. Neil reached his truck and slammed the keys in the lock, jumping inside, the keys in the ignition before he'd even settled in his seat. Without looking back, Neil tore down the dirt road in his dad's truck. As he sped further away, he looked in the rearview mirror. Staring back at him was a pale white blank face. Before he could let out a scream, impossibly long tendril-like fingers smashed through the back window and around his throat. From where John still stood, he heard Neil's truck collide with a tree. Eventually, the forest fell silent. John returned to town the next morning, alerted the police his three friends were missing, and claimed the whole weekend was a blank. It soon emerged that the three boys had met a gruesome fate, with no evidence of what caused any of it. Naturally, all fingers pointed to John, who continued to claim his innocence. With no other leads, the small town pinned it all on John. To this day, he remains behind bars, claiming not to know what happened to his friends. It's a shame, really. You're probably wondering how I know this story, if John claims to not remember the weekend. Well, as I mentioned, this was a local tale. So, I decided to do a bit of digging myself. Want to know what I found? You'll have to come on a camping trip with me. Hi guys, I hope you enjoyed the story. If you did, leave a like, comment, and share with your friends. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on the bell icon for notification. See you next time. Wake up in the night, horror diary, a vision inside, horror diary, spirits in the night, horror diary, nightmare in this night, scary it's gonna be. If you ever need a scary feel and you really want it real, okay bro, come right here and just take the deal. You can watch my